This is The Stone Truth. I am Crystal Stone. It is episode eight of The Stone Truth podcast. The NBA season is upon us. And to help me dive into the new 2018-2019 season, I'm joined by a special guest. He is the host of The Real Deal with Akil by Akil Williams. Akil, thank you so much for coming on to the show tonight. For sure, for sure. Appreciate you. I like the introduction. Too. Oh, yeah. Like I'm going to do it right. I'm going to do it right, even though you was eating some wings right before you came I on. Was. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I actually was because I was, I was out with my brother and uh, decided to go out and watch the Rockets game at a bar and get some 50 cent wings from when you come to Houston, come to Prospect Park. So, uh, is yeah. that like a neighborhood uh, or is that the name of a place? No, Prospect Park is a place. So it's a sports bar slash restaurant slash lounge slash club. So uh, the, the club know. was going up on a Wednesday? Oh, uh, no, it's, 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 a, it's a sports bar vibe right now. Okay, and I'm, I'm assuming you're there to watch the Houston Rockets. Game. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, so let me just backtrack because I know you're from Houston, that you live in Houston and you do your show out of Houston. But before my listeners, can you give us a little background on your show? What's it about? When people can tune in and how they can tune in? Oh, yeah. Real Deal with the Kills is show. I started last year um, when I was interning the ESPN Radio. Currently, I'm not interning now. I'm just independent. Uh, I've been doing a show since last July. It's not a sports show. It's people, when they, when they see ESPN, they think of sports off the bat. But when I tell them, like, yo, give it a chance, it's a very dope show. It's about everything. It's sports, entertainment, music, news, everything. I have a guest on each episode. You listen to Sway in the Morning. You listen to the Breakfast Club, and you watch the interviews. It's just like that. I have on um, various guests. I had over six episodes. Sometimes I go on the road, sometimes I don't record in the studio. So I have on athletes. I have people like Tony Rock, um, up and rapper, Megan Thee Stallion, um, Lil Flip, Daniel Booby Gibson, um, Chauncey Girl from ABC 13. I'm pretty sure you from, you're in New York, so a lot of people don't know who that really is in local Houston. Um, those are the stories. This is why I like, man, Kobe Jones, uh, the list goes on. I had quite a few people on my show. But uh, you can listen to it on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. You can find me on Instagram, AK underscore release. Um, you can find the show, Real Deal with the Kill. But yeah, it's, it's a very good show. I advise anybody that like just sit down, just real conversation. It's authentic. Listen to the podcast. Because trust me, it's a. Uh, it's for, it's for everybody. Well, you know, I, I have I've listened to your show a few times, and what I pulled from the show is that you're a Houston Rockets fan, and uh, I listened to you one day when you said that you believed that if Chris Paul had not gotten hurt, had not gotten hurt during the Western Conference Finals last season against the mm-hmm. Warriors, that the Rockets would have beaten the Warriors in Game Seven. Yeah, I, I don't think it would have went to seven because oh. you look at that series. It, no, you got to look at the series. So it was up three one, right? Yeah. And then they get down to uh, it's three two. No, it's three two. It was a two two series. They Chris Park and Harry game five. They win the game. They win game five. It's three two. They had a seven. They had a double digit lead in game six without Chris Paul. Yeah. So you have a double digit lead as you had a seventeen point lead at halftime in game six. You blow the lead because Warriors got hot in the third quarter, and then they eventually lost. The same way in Game Seven had a double digit lead both Game Six and Game Seven without Chris Paul, and shooting messed them up in Game Seven. So Chris Paul is healthy. Because I used to hate doing the uh, 
if such and such was playing or such and such, you know what I'm saying? We can do some type of argument. Yeah. But this is the one time I can do the if. Because this is a, a situation where you clearly see, watching the series, you clearly see the Rockets have all the momentum. They play yeah. really well with the Golden State Warriors. The one thing that Chris James Harden needed was another guy that can handle the ball if four. Just like him. Because Chris Paul not a 30 point game score, but he can put up 20 points and give you 8 to 10 assists a game and be your leader. And that's what he was to the Rockets last year, this past season. So. He could, if he was if he was healthy, they would not have six. They had to You know, I'd have to say I, I I probably won't go as far as to saying that they definitely would have won. But watching that series, I definitely agree with you that the Rockets had the Warriors on their back heels for the majority of that that um of that series. And even st- even though the Rockets or excuse me the Warriors have led the league in scoring in the third quarter, you know how powerful they are in the third quarter against any team. Uh, Chris Paul was definitely a factor for the Rockets in a way that James Harden hadn't been, right? So yeah. I think you're right that it would have been uh, – it, maybe it wouldn't have gone to Game 7. I think you might be right about that. But alas, it is the Warriors, and they are the champions again. And this year, they look to be strong as well. But I have to ask you, what is your favorite – uh, storyline or the storyline that you're looking at the most outside of your Rockets and what's going on with the Rockets, the addition of uh, Carmela Anthony. What other team, like the Lakers with LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard to the Toronto Raptors, the Utah Jazz coming up, the Pelicans? Well, I think, I think for me, I don't want to catch you up, but um, I think for me, I'm a LeBron, I'm a Le, I'm a LeBron James fan. I'm a LeBron James you a LeBron James fan too? Oh, God. Yeah, because you got to think about it. If you go back to my podcast, some episodes I'm reading for the Rockets, but, but most of the episodes I'm keen about it. I'm one of the Brown fans that's been there since he was in high school in 02. So I'm one of those guys that was 8, 9 years old I was watching the bar. You know what I'm saying? I'm not one of the guys that hopped on the after game just to get lost in 2012. You know what I mean? Okay. So I was believing in LeBron since I was 8, 9 years old. So I, I was early in the fact that but besides his story to the Lakers, my biggest storyline is who's going to take over the East Marshall LeBron's gone. Right. Because I'm, I could look at Kawhi Leonard going to Toronto. I could look at LeBron going to Lakers or Boogie going to the Warriors. But I want to see who's going to take because So who LeBron's do you think that there. is? Who do you think that is? I mean, you have Kawhi, uh, you have Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward back with the Celtics. You have the young and upcoming 76ers. And then, of course, Kawhi with the Toronto Raptors. Who do you think is going to overtake the East? I think the next three to five years, I'd uh, I say Boston. And I... I I had a little theory. I was talking to one of my friends that played overseas ball in uh, Australia, Sam Sykes, and I was talking to him. And I said, man, you know what's crazy? This defense is coming up with Zion Williams, who, who I'm a strong believer in. I said, do you know that Boston has a top three, top five pick next year? Yeah. And Zion is a top three pick, maybe one or two. And you better tell me if Boston gets the number one or number two pick, that Zion can go to Boston? Is that that's a real possibility? Yeah. Right now. So I got Jalen Brown, Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Zion Wilson, and Al Horford as my five, and I got Rozier, yeah. Marcus Smart, Marcus Moore is on the bench. And you, look, I, and you get Zion Wilson, over. Yeah, but you look so at I a team. Yeah, and then and on top of all of that, you're looking at a team that took LeBron James and his Cavs to the distance in the Eastern Conference Finals this past year without 
Kawhi, or excuse me, uh, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Imagine how much stronger they're going to be, not only this year, but like you're saying, in the coming years when they do have that draft pick and uh, possibly getting Zion Williamson. Yeah, so I'm looking at Boston to be the, to the team's next three to five, seven years maybe. So you're saying Boston's going to win this year, the Eastern Conference? I can go either. I can go a bit farther than that. I can go after I can take the two third farther. Not only they're going to win the East, but my prediction, I said before the season, well, they're going to beat Golden State the championship. Whoa! Wait a minute. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. Factory. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Whoa, 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 yes. whoa. Let us get that on record because, you know, you're on a cell phone. We right. got the cell phone connection, so I want to make sure it came through loud and clear. No, I Peter said Williams, you believe right. that the Boston Celtics will not only win the Eastern Conference, but we'll go on yep. to the finals, meet the Golden State Warriors, and beat the Hamptons right. Five, the Golden State Warriors, for the championship. Right. This is what I tell. This is what I told people. I Even said, based on the slow start that they're having right now. This is game. We in game two, game three of an eighty-two game season. True. I don't look at. I don't pay attention to the best going to to all time, right? True. Whatever LeBron's doing, here. whatever Houston's doing, whatever Boston's doing. I don't look. Sacramento Kings got a better record than the Lakers. Here's the Sacramento <laughs> right. Kings in the playoffs. Right. So I'm, I don't care what's <laughs> happening right now. I'm right. looking at long term. It's a marathon. So I'm saying, go back to 2004 when you had the Los Angeles Lakers, when you had Kobe, Shaq, and they prime. You had Carl Malone, Gary Payton. People at that time thought, oh my God, Super Team is going to win another championship. And you had a team full of Hall of Famers and all superstars. Detroit is that Boston. Boston Celtics this year is like that Detroit team. They similar. Nothing but all stars. You have young guys in Boston. You have a coach in Brad Stevens. Yeah. Who I believe the reason why they can beat Golden State, young legs, and they can he can out coach Steve Kerr. Not taking anything away from Steve Kerr because Steve Kerr is a great I'm pretty sure he's a great yeah. guy, good coach. But we haven't seen him he been to the test. Because granted we did say for all these years. When he opted it, that man, go to stay so powerful. They got a center, they'll be even more dominant. Then you got right. the center. Then you got white. You get you have Demarcus Cousins. So, which is why I'm a little surprised at your prediction because we haven't seen the whole gamut of this Warriors team. Yes, they're great. Yes, they're the defending champions. But Demarcus Cousins is supposed to be coming back at some point this season, and who knows what his impact is going to be on this team as well. The one thing I said that that why I got Boston over. Go to say because you go look at if you go look back at the Houston. Yeah. So I'm saying in 2016, you go look back at that series with Cleveland Golden State. One of the reason one of the reasons why Cleveland beat Golden State because they did. The reason why Houston had the series in their bag last this past season, Billy Ball. Boston can play Billy Ball with Golden State. You got a tough guy like Marcus Smart, Rozier, yeah. Jalen Brown, Marcus Morris. They don't have to outshoot him. They can just out-coach them and play harder and tougher than Golden State. You know what I mean? Because Golden yeah. State's not going to be – they're not going to get motivated until April. Forget all that stuff, bro. They're not going to get motivated until April. Yeah, yeah. As long as they can keep pace for everybody else, they're okay. They get a one seed or two seed. Because Boogie's not playing until the playoff time. Right, right. So the one thing I got Boston over Golden State is the coach and toughness. That's how I got it. That's, that's my hot take. Boston okay. over yeah, that is definitely a hot take. Um, I can't go as far as them beating the Warriors in the finals because I feel like yeah, the I Warriors think. are like LeBron James. You know, LeBron James get into the finals every year. He, 
the time that you believe that he wouldn't get there is when he doesn't get there, which never happened, right? The the to me the Celtics also have to get past the Toronto Raptors. Why? Because now they have Kawhi Leonard, and I think the same thing is going to happen. I think the Toronto Raptors are most likely going to have the number one season, or number one record in the East. They're going to be number one, have home field advantage, all of that. The only difference is you don't have the psychological barriers that impacted DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry and and even um, uh, the coach, can't think of his name right now, top of my head, but they don't have that psychological barrier anymore with LeBron James being in the East. So I think they come in with a stronger mindset, especially because they have Kawhi Leonard on the team. I think they're going to go first in the East, and it's going to be a battle between the Celtics and the Toronto Raptors to get to the finals. To meet the Warriors. Keep going. I was going to say to meet the Warriors for sure. The one thing I can say about the East, it's not as bad as what people think it is. I used to always say the reason why the East people thought the East was bad because LeBron James could have gone each and every year. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, it was some good things that that could have went to the finals. You go look at the Pacers back in the day with Paul back in the day, Paul George and Danny Granger and Roy Hibbert at that that time. You know, before he was going to the finals eight years in a row, nobody was saying the East was weak. When oh, yeah. Boston made their team in 07, 08, oh yeah, with oh yeah, Detroit going, nobody said it was weak. It was the fact that LeBron was so dominant. Right. I mean, now. The East is really, it's really a good. You look at the record from this season, this past season, the 18 that made in the West and the 18 that made in the East. They have better records in the East than the West. I think the eight, I'm going to say the eighth seed in the West, and they got like 40, 30, 40, 40 games. The East is around the same record. You know what I mean? So yeah, the East yeah. is not that bad. And this year is going to finally show the strength of the East. Not saying it's stronger than the West, because it's still the West is always stronger. But, you got Milwaukee that with the Greek freak. You have Indiana with Old Depot. You have Milwaukee. You have uh, Toronto. Seventy uh, Sixers. Seventy Sixers. Got Boston. Blake Griffin who just put up fifty points last night for the Pistons. Yeah, well, it's not, <laughs> it's, I don't think Detroit going anywhere. Right, well, right. It's not, not as weak as people think it is. Right, right. But right. I still have, you got Toronto with the one seed. Right now, it's too early to tell, but. Uh, All right, so you you gave me you gave me your finals prediction. You gave me who you think is coming out of the East. Obviously, you believe that the Warriors are coming out of the West. Just to confirm that, right? Okay, all right. Uh, But to go back to your Rockets, you know the whole this whole week has been about the drama between Rajon Rondo, the Lakers, Brandon Ingram versus CP3, and and that fight that happened uh, the other night. Uh, Not to really get too much into that drama, but I do want to address some comments that came out just in the last couple of days where both Rondo and uh, Glenn Big Baby Davis said that CP3 is not a good teammate. Now, you're a Houston Rockets fan. He's been with the team. This is his second year with the team. How do you feel about that? Um, well, I, I can see where they're coming from because they have the sources more than me. Right. Um, I haven't really talked to anybody about the whole situation. Um, but I, from my opinion... I can see where they're coming from when it comes to Chris Paul. So you, but you, you, you're it, you're not surprised the, by the comment? I'm not surprised because when you're, the, when you're a demanding person, some people that are sensitive and have soft skin don't really like that. But then look at the drama with the Clippers. People thought that him and Doc River was too cool. Blake yeah. and DeAndre in the field. We got things like Blake and DeAndre. They're not the toughest guys in the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's not the fact that you're a bad teammate. When you demand demanding, look at the top. Look at 
companies you work with. Right. CEOs. Yeah. They're not the, they're not they're not soft. They they going they're gonna be harsh. Right. Because they're demanding. And that's and that's comparatively with LeBron James, right? The greatest player in the world gets to the finals every year, but there has yeah, been the rumblings that he wasn't a good teammate or that he wasn't a good leader, right? Everyone's going to have their complaints. Well, that's baloney because he wants he wants you to put the extra one hundred and ten percent in. That's what that's that's what CEOs and of companies, the big the big people. Yeah, they want they they're not going to be the sweetest guy. They gonna be nice, just the nice guy. Nah, I mean. I can understand where Rondo is coming from. His image being perceived as this good guy. Right. Doing space on commercials and all these things. Right. It's kind of like, people say it's like a, one of the fakest images in NBA history. I but mean, I and, can, and, but, but Rondo, uh, Rajon Rondo had a good point that who led that whole brigade back into the uh, Clippers locker room last season, right? The fight back there, it was Chris Paul. He was the one knocking on the door trying to fight his old teammate. So I, I get that. I get that he does have this perception, especially because he isn't he the isn't he the president of the Players Association as well? Yeah. So, I, so he gets a lot of things his way. Right, right. I, I totally understand that. But I am a little, I am a little surprised that um, – <laughs> <laughs> the Vic Baby Davis also came out and was like, yeah. But it actually brings me to my next topic about LeBron James and the Lakers, him being, you know, the type of leader that he is. Do you think that he, the West, is this too strong right now as it is, too competitive for him to be able to take the Lakers to the Western Conference Finals? He can go to the Western Conference Finals. I got them going to, them going to the Conference Finals in the Golden State. What? Two. That's yeah. another hot take. Let's think about it. Let's think about it. Over your Rockets? This is crazy. I think they would beat the Rockets in seven games in the semifinals. Yeah, okay. Okay, this I want you to do. After we've done the episode, I want you to go back and look at my episodes on my podcast and, and really see who I'm a fan of, too. I like the Rockets, but I'm never a fan of the Brown Jones. And it's not, it's not a me being just a fan. It's realistic, like, yo, like, who, forget the old, forget the old three moves. We, we, I understand the record right now. I don't care. We yeah, got 70, I hear you on that. 70 touchdowns and the choking at the free throw. The dude went to the finals eight years in a row. I don't care. Choking in game two, game three of a season? Okay, give me a break. So, let's look at the West, okay? Outside of Houston and go to state. Who is the team that LeBron is struggling with? He's not struggling with OKC. He's not going to lose to Portland. He's not going to lose to Utah. But I don't care how he's going to look right now. But you think he'll get past playoffs, Houston, though? He can. It's very possible to get past Houston in seven games. Very, very possible. Very possible. Wow. Okay. Very possible. I'm telling you right now, Houston's ceiling, Houston's window was closer. When Chris Paul got hurt, it was over. Right. Houston no, and you're right about that. Season. You're right about that. Chris Their Paul win. has got to be healthy this entire season. Right for the Houston Rockets to have a really strong chance, but it, because that, and then just to go off a little bit, what do you think about Carmelo Anthony's addition to the team? Him coming off the bench and him saying that it's challenging mentally for him to come off the bench. I mean, do you think that he's going to be able to be able to adjust in his new role with the Rockets? I tell, I tell you what, when I used to play ball in high school, I'm not comparing myself to no Indian player, but when I used to play ball, I used to start I used to start my whole entire life playing basketball. So when I came off the bench my senior year, this season, it did something to me mentally. I was like, mm-hmm. dang, it felt weird mm-hmm. not starting. I started my whole life when I was a little kid. And then my senior year, I, I come off the bench. I'm like, whoa, like, this, is, this is new. I, you know what I mean? So I can see the middle people saying it's, 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 it's a challenge mentally. 
because you're, you started in Oak Hill. You started in Syracuse. You was a star everywhere you went. Now you got to adjust to not to be the star no more. You're not the main guy. You're not the first option. Hell, you're not the second option. Are you the third option or the fourth option? <laughs> Are you? You know what I'm saying? You were the first option in Oak Hill, first option in Syracuse, first option in Denver, New York. After that, Hey, who are you now? Right, but he's it's also just, coming off the worst statistical career or statistical season of his 15-year career. I mean, that certainly he has to understand why, right? Yeah. It's like, my, it's like the homie 50 Cent said. Damn, homie. In high school, you was the man, homie. <laughs> so I can see where it's coming from, you know? So it, I can see the, the, the challenge mentally. Yeah, because you went through it yourself. Right. So I can understand where it's coming from. <laughs> no, it's real. No, true story. Like, I, was really, I believe you. I, I believe you. It was like, so challenging for you, I'm sure. I believe you. I believe you. Uh, so outside of the main players, right, we were talking about the Warriors, the Lakers, the Rockets, and on the East we are talking about um, the Celtics, the, the Raptors, the Bucks. What team uh, uh, sort of out of play, right, in the rearview mirror do you think has a chance to really improve this season? No superstars. Uh, they could have superstars. That could really improve. Yeah. What's a team that you – I mean, I have an answer for oh, myself. The Dallas Mavericks. A team or a player. Yeah. A team. A team. A team? Mm-hmm. Um, I like – a team I've been saying that I, that's not with the playoffs, but they're going to be way better as the Phoenix Suns. I got the winning 35 Oh, yeah. I totally agree with you on that. I totally agree with you. I have I have Phoenix winning 35 this year. Um, I feel like finally – I feel like finally, um, oh my gosh, Booker! Booker is no longer having to put up. I mean, he can do it, right? Put up seventy-five point games and you know go crazy, right? But he has his help now in DeAndre Ayton, who is going to be a superstar in this league. Uh, I, I agree with you. I think they're going to do really well too. Yeah, I, I got Phoenix win thirty-five. Um, it's really if you only look at the NBA, there's only really two teams that's missing a franchise guy in Chicago and Brooklyn. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yep. Mm-hmm. Every, if you look at every team in the NBA, everybody has a franchise player, so uh, or at least, or at least Chicago. that guy that they can build around the future of their franchise, right? Yeah, yeah. and like this, every team. So people think Phoenix gonna be sorry for oh, no, 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 no. I think, and I think, I think one of the biggest factors is because they do play in the West, and because the Golden State Warriors have dominated the West in the way that they have, and sort of have been, as people have said, head and shoulders above the rest of this uh, team or rest of the NBA. Their teams that have specifically, I think it was uh, Mike D'Antoni who said that they specifically are focusing on how to beat the Warriors. So I think that's one of the reasons why the Phoenix Suns, as you said, they're not going to be sorry forever and ever ever. They're going to continue to prove that the teams in the West they have. To, they know they don't have a shot to get to the Western Conference Finals or, excuse me, even to get to the Finals itself without getting past Golden State. So they, they definitely the Warriors, want to improve. Yeah, for sure. The Warriors, should, the Warriors when the end of their dynasty, when the, whenever their dynasty runs over, they should thank LeBron James because LeBron James is the reason why they had the dynasty in the first place. Wow. They should truly thank LeBron James for their dynasty run. And who and who because, who who should LeBron James thank for uh being able to run the East the way he did for like eight years in a row? Himself. Pat himself <laughs> on the back. You want you want to tell you the difference why? Want me to tell you the difference why? That's LeBron James took down the end of the Detroit Pistons run in 06. He took down the end. He's the reason why Boston broke up and all the went to Brooklyn. He still lashed their tails all around Brooklyn in the playoffs. 
Season is going to be. I mean, this season is going to be exciting. Of course, the NBA is always exciting, but I think even next next season is going to be even more exciting because of the free agents that are going to be coming onto the market with and Anthony Davis, KD. Who knows what he's going to do? Clay Thompson. We're going to see a lot of blockbuster trade or not trades, but signings um, that could possibly toward, sort of readjust the alignment of the NBA again. LeBron James going to get KD or AD? <sighs> Don't let it be he's KD. Get one of them. I just no. He'll get one of them. Not KD, though. No. We're gonna... It's okay. You don't need KD. You can have AD, just not KD. Listen, KD, he needs to sort of repair, in a lot of people's eyes, his legacy from having left Oklahoma City to go to the Warriors. So I think KD, he needs to do it oh on his own. Gosh. He doesn't need to join LeBron James to do it. Let him do it on his own. Oh you got gosh. Walt Frazier saying he needs to put an asterisk next to his name. <laughs> Oh God! Okay, we're gonna put a, okay, Come on. Let's put an ashes by all the general managers back in the seventies and eighties and nineties that made that drafted all these players, huh? Let's put an ashes by all these, these Listen, you preach it to the choir. I don't care about his decision to have gone to the Golden State War. He's a Texas Longhorn. He can't do anything wrong in my eyes. I don't care. Let's put an ashes. Let's put an ashes by the eighties Lakers when you have all them picks. Yeah. Ew. What the heck? That's how I like but it. people see it differently you know, when it comes from a player's perspective because it's like an individual player's decision as opposed to a team's decision to go after a certain player or or stock up their team. Yeah, and we got to get to one topic before we end it. I don't know if we're going to end this podcast now, but we got to get to one topic. We got to get to one topic, you said? One topic I've been itching to talk to you about. Not through messages. I, I've been dying to talk to you about this. I'm going to let you finish. Oh, you really? Finish. Okay. I was yeah, just going to ask dying. you, I was just going to switch been... it over to the NFL real quick because you are, you told me that you're an Eagles fan and a, and a Houston Texans fan. I don't even know how that works. I guess you're trying to cover your bases with the AFC no. and the NFC. I mean, no. that's cool, no. No. I guess. I mean, I guess that's whatever no. rocks your boat. Um, so okay. then my, my okay. only question for you regarding the, the, the NFL and your two teams is which of your two teams – the Texans or the Eagles, do you think has the strongest possibility or probability of winning their division and going on to the playoffs? Because Texans. the Eagles are sitting in second place. Houston Texans right now in first place. Texans. Yeah. Texans. Yeah. Because Texans. the Jacksonville Jaguars are broken. That's why. Uh, I've been, I said before the season started, I, I had Eagles going. It's not too late. I said, I, I said people calm down. Eagles going to pick it up by week 10. They're going to pick it up. It's okay. Carson Wentz came back from an ACL injury. Um, they got injuries. They banged up right now. Carson Wentz hasn't been the problem, up. though. It's the defense. How do you right? Th- they've been banged up. Okay. They've been banged up. Give it to week ten. They're gonna be all right. But for the Texans, they're in a weaker division. Andrew right. Luck is not learning how to throw the ball far now. Right. Mariota is okay. <laughs> uh, Mark Vap- Mike Vapor is his first year coach. But I like his upside as a coach. Yeah. Jacksonville, 
I've been saying this forever. The reason why Jacksonville won, won a division last year because Watson got hurt, J.J. Watt got hurt, Whitney Mercer got hurt, and Andrew Luck was out for the season. So that's what booted up the Tennessee Titans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the Jaguars just got, they didn't expose to what they truly are, is an overrated defense and an and a offense that came, that's nothing without Leonard Fournette. Blake Bortles right. is the type of quarterback right. that needs a running back. Right. The only type of guy, he's, he's just like Rex Grossman. He's just like uh, Trent Dilfer. They and almost tricked us last field. year. They almost made us believe that Blake Bortles actually had something. The song was don't get hurt. Yeah, you know, it kind of it wouldn't been, they, they would have ran away with the division for sure. Easily. So yeah. now this is a true division right now. Yeah. The Texans' first place, like I said, they're going to be. I'm sure once they hit 3 the season officially started. The first three games of the season, I don't know what was going on, but they need some O-line because this O-line is terrible. I don't know who has the worst O-line, them or Texas Southern University. Like, I don't know what's going on with the O-line. My, my school? Texas Southern University, Texas. also in Houston, Texas, yes. The, the, that O-line is awful. They can't block nobody. They can't. I would trade them for a, a, 12, a dozen box of uh, of Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> it's okay. Do, They're both you, don't, you, don't, you wouldn't trust them protecting you? No. Heck no. <laughs> Heck no. No oh way. Gosh. Okay, well, I, I totally buy you on the Houston Texans. I believe in that too, uh, especially because we now know for sure that they that the Jacksonville Jaguars have been exposed and they are broken. And there's no one really else other than, I mean, the Titans know and obviously not the Colts to contend with them. But, you know, the Eagles, listen, we got to be honest about the NFC East and the unpredictability of the NFC East and the inconsistency of the teams from week to week. I think it's hard to say who's going to win this division. I mean, we know it's not going to be the Giants for sure. Uh, but with the Dallas Cowboys just signing Amari Cooper, uh, the trade deadline happening next week, who knows how else the Philadelphia Eagles will bolster their roster and whatever changes they're going to make. Um, the, the Washington Redskins, I think they're just flying off the fact that they have that bye week, so that's why they're still on top with the with their record. But I don't think they're the real deal. I think it's going to come down to the Cowboys or the Eagles. But I, let me get down to your uh, this topic that you've been dying to talk to me about. I'm 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 very uh, interested to know what this is all about. Please go ahead and drop yeah. it. On me. Let's remember how we first communicated. Yes. We first communicated off a of, off a of, off a post you made on Instagram about a post from ESPN talking about the the best basketball team <laughs> in the past twenty years. So. What I was trying to tell you, because it's hard to Hold on, say. let's just lay it out, because you're bringing us some old stuff, and not everybody knows what we're talking about. So, a couple of months ago, was it a couple of months ago? Was it during the summer? or right? It, was, during, it was around August. Around August, and okay. ESPN came out years. with an article uh, detailing or listing the top 20 national championship teams. Let's make that very clear. The top yep, 20 national championship teams mm-hmm. uh, of or, or the the top 10, whatever it was, the top 10 national top championship 20. teams of the last 20 years or something like that. The last whatever mm-hmm. of all time or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they had number one, Texas, the 2006 national championship team. Number two was Florida, the 2008 team. And number three was Miami, the 2001 national championship team. You and I had some disagreements, but you brought this topic up. So go ahead. I just wanted to lay it out for the people, like what we're talking about exactly. Okay. So this, 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 is, this is why I was disagreeing with you. Because even though that 
gang right there was literally this season was a movie. I was going for UT. That season, I was in sixth grade. That UT USC football season, not the game of the season. You were in sixth grade. That BCS lineup was crazy. That game, it was the perfect way to. It was a perfect storm. Like it was, it was what everybody wanted. People just wanted to see USC and Texas. That was the greatest football game I've ever seen. College, high school, NFL, ever. That was that was ridiculous. Vince Young put up the greatest championship performance of all time. I give him that one hundred percent. And you were the in sixth grade game of all time. But when they said the greatest national championship team. In the past two years, let's not forget the route that Miami had to go through to get because they were the most dominant roster. They were the most dominant team ever. Yes, new team had to go to the Big Twelve, which is okay. Let's say Google. Their schedule wasn't as good. They had Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. But let's not forget Washington. They played with top ten. Virginia Tech was top fifteen. Florida State was was one of the top. Every time they play Florida State, it's a it's a hard game. They had to go through teams on the road. Washington was number nine at that time. At Washington. Put a 50. Put a 50 plus on Washington. Then you go through Virginia Tech. It's not going to pass Virginia Tech. It's not going to pass the young field. When they play Florida State, it's going to Florida State's always close. They smacked Florida State. Let's not forget who was on Miami's roster. You got a straight guard. Pete Porter. Wes McGahee. Those are the three running backs. Then Andre Johnson. Reggie Wayne, Santana Moss was a freshman. You had, oh my goodness, you had, uh, oh, it's so many people. You had Jonathan Gilmore and You had, oh, shoot, Johnny Shockey and tied in. You had Kelly, Kelly Winslow backing him up. You had Ed Lee, Sean Taylor, you know what I'm saying? You had Ed Lee, Sean Taylor, you know what I'm saying? And when I see Florida was a ball in Miami, I looked at because ESPN always have these disgusting, uh, uh, poems. <laughs> disgusting. Like, who make up these poems? Like, who does this? You know what I'm saying? Who makes this list? So I'm looking at UT. Great. That was a great game. But they wasn't better than Miami. If they played Miami, they were smack UT. Okay. Okay. Let, okay. So you've made your argument. All right. All right, Akil, are you are you good? You feel good? You feel good now? It's been too much. You've been holding on this for two months. You good? Okay. All right. So here's my retort, which I'm just going to basically repeat myself because you read my Instagram post. You read my comments. You, you read my replies to some of the comments. Barely. This is not about the most dominant team. Of course, Miami 2001 was the most talented team. That is no question. Talent-wise, yes. They sent all the players to the NFL. They were the most dominant team. Yes, we get that. But the best championship team, the reason why that distinction is made, you're talking about the records Texas played. Um, number they It was the only team or the only championship with the true number one and a true number team played each other. Miami played freaking Nebraska. Nebraska was not undefeated. They had lost a game. They didn't even win the Big 12 championship game before going to the championship against Miami. The Longhorns played a number four Ohio State. They played another top ten team, Texas Tech, and number seven. They had stronger competition going into the championship game. Miami, again, dominant team, dominant 
amount of players on their team, but the best championship team from the season, when you look at the entire season, who had to play who, it was the true number one against a true number two, and it, and, and that could have been flip-flopped. In many ways, people saw Texas as the number one team, not number two. It could have been flip-flop. But Miami, come on, they played against Nebraska, dude. Nebraska, really? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to I'm I'm tell you why Miami was, was was the most dominant and the best team in 06, even though they played Ohio State and them guys. When they played when they played Florida State in the beginning of the season, when they was ranked top 15, they was number 14. It's not the fact that they beat them. It's, it's, this is the Mike Tyson factor, right? Mike Tyson is the most dominant heavyweight fighter of all time. So not better than Ali, but he's most dominant. But when he, played, when he fought against Evander and Lennox, he couldn't beat him, right? But when he fought his opponents, it was a dominant performance. So Miami was the team that was that was dominant. And when they played the teams that was ranked, not only did they beat them, they destroyed them. They beat Florida State 49-27. They beat a number 14 Syracuse at Syracuse 59-0. Texas they beat, beat Texas 12. Tech that was ranked number 7, 52-17. Okay, what's right, your point? Right, right. No, no, no. They beat Washington in Washington 65-7. to They beat Virginia Tech 26-14, and they smacked Nebraska 37-14. They beat Texas Tech, yes. But there was multiples of games where they routed top-ranked teams. And if we're making the um, – if we're saying, we saying that we're not talking about the most dominant, but you two is the most – what's the best? It's the same thing. No, let's make the distinction clear. Don't just say the best. What we're saying is Miami – What I should say what I'm saying is Miami most certainly was the most dominant team as far as talent is concerned, definitely the most talented team. When you look at the season, if you compare the seasons, you compare the two, who they played against, the, the ranked teams that they played against, the fact that they were truly a number one and a number two team playing two undefeated teams playing each other in the national championship, that's why Texas is seen, according to ESPN, and in my eyes too, as the most, as the as the best championship team of all time, or in the last twenty years. So what about Florida? Yeah, that's who you should really be having your beef with. Like the fact that you're having this argument with me of oh, Texas, we're ranked number oh, yeah. one. Miami is number two. Y'all should really have your beef, you Miami Hurricanes fans, with the fact that Miami 2018 was ranked above y'all. Before you even touch Texas, you should be worried about Florida and why they were ranked above Florida, ab- above Miami. Because you two should be number one. But why are you worried about us when, when, why are you worried about the Longhorns when the Florida team was ranked above Miami? Should you try to slay that dragon first before you even come to Texas Longhorns? This is the one point I can make for UT. This is the one point I can make for UT. Because USC was like Tyson. UT was the Vendor Holy Show. Remember that fight? Yes, 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 yes. Remember that fight? People were saying, oh my God, Evander, you're going to get killed by Tyson. You are about to get killed by round three, round four. They thought they were going to kill this man. This is what I can say about that game. I remember leading up to it from Sports Center every day. They would rank USC against all the greatest teams of all time and be like, oh, Right. That was USC's championship to win. For sure. Because they smacked the home the year before in the championship. Right. And they thought they were going to smack another Big 12 team in UT. So UT came and played the Dragons. The beast that was USC. I can tell people like, "Oh my gosh, this is the greatest team ever!" Because they beat 
They beat Penn to be the greatest team ever. If you if you to beat UT, that would have been the greatest championship team of all time. That would be the argument that I can make against the old one. I would have like, dang, if they take each other, be, that would be a good game. They probably would. Not say it didn't, but it would be a close game. So I can see the arguments for UT saying that they're the best team because they took out the best team. Miami took out a, a team that had a but, high But it's not only because they top. took out the best team, but throughout the season, they 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 switched between being ranked one and two. USC and Texas switched back and forth between being ranked one and two. So they are also one of the, if not the best team in the nation throughout the entire season. It's not just yeah. because they and beat USC. Happy. They they went back and forth between one and two. Yeah, and I was happy that they beat USC. Because I was rooting for Notre Dame to beat USC and then Bush did the push and I was like, God. <laughs> I think I was like I think I was like eleven years old when I had I was I was like You were eleven? This I is crazy. I, <laughs> I was like, God, oh God, I, I, had R- I I had graduated college and moved to New York already. Like, what? <laughs> you were eleven Man. years old. <laughs> but I think about it. That's I'm why like, you are looking at this through a child's eyes. That's why you that's why you have such a problem. You you looking at this through a eleven year old child's eyes? Your memory back then. I was a grown woman. You understand? Grown woman when I watched that two thousand and six national championship game. It's totally different. Yeah, I was a uh, yeah. I, matter of fact, I was thirteen. I was thirteen. Wait, now you thirteen? I'm trying to see. Was it two thousand? You said you were in sixth grade during that championship game. Then get your age. Right. Yeah, and I looked. I said, man, like, I was like, oh, look, but I, I was thirteen. If you look at the BCS lineup, it is great. You have Santa Fe versus Penn State with the two of the greatest coaches of all time, and Joe Paterno and Bobby Dowdy. You had um, Notre Dame Ohio State with Troy Smith versus Brady Quinn. And then you had LSU versus, oh my goodness, I can't remember, it was in the Sugar Bowl. LSU played somebody in there. But the whole lineup was crazy. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was a good season. That was, to me, my favorite season ever. You know what I mean? So, wow. so that's my whole thing. Favorite season, favorite championship team. Just go ahead and say it. Man, no, I'm, I'm, they not. I, I'm going <laughs> to ask this question. One game. One game right now. Are you a Longhorns fan? I'm, I'm still a Miami fan. You know what I mean? But I like UT. But, um, okay, yeah, like so you're UT. a Miami's fan, but Miami Hurricanes fan, but you root for UT. Sorry that the Hurricanes <laughs> got kicked out of the top 25. <laughs> okay, look, we, we still, we still, we got a couple years left. You know, yeah, we, 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 we got a couple we're back, years left. We're back. We're ranked six now. Nah, look, y'all going, y'all, what y'all doing right now? What Miami did last year? We got all the way number two after we beat Notre Dame, and then we lost to to Pittsburgh. So you see, y'all better hold on. Wow, you just like really just threw the black cat out there. We're gonna lose. Okay. Thank you. Like, I, appreciate, I think that actually what, what's different, what I, what I, the Texas Longhorns are doing what I wish the Dallas Cowboys would do, which is literally improve each and every week. Each and every week they're becoming a better team. Like, they've, always, they've always been a good defensive team in, over the last couple of years. But offensively, they're getting better each and every week. And I think that's what I wish the Dallas Cowboys could do. But I can't talk about the Cowboys. I get emotional because there's just so much going on with the Cowboys. But the Longhorns, they only have the biggest test that they have outside of a couple of sneaker games is the West Virginia Mountaineers. They're ranked what 13th. That's in like a couple of weeks. So they knock off that team and Texas Tech. I think it's smooth sailing from there. Don't y'all play Oklahoma in a Big 12 championship? Or there's no, there's no. Big well, 12 we'll see. no. There is a Big 12 championship, but it's the top two teams, and there's no telling that. Oh, right now, I think West Virginia is ranked two. 
So we're one. We're West Virginia's two, and Oklahoma's ranked three. So it's it'll be West Virginia or Oklahoma. I want to see Utah and Oklahoma play again because I think that I think the outcome will be a little bit different. What? What? Oh Lord! I, oh my God! I can't. I think so. Did you watch the game? Did you not watch? Yeah, I did. Texas's offense completely blow them out. Granted, they took a break and fell asleep in the fourth quarter, but they were blowing out the Sooners. They handled the Sooners up until That's the fine. fourth quarter. But are you serious? That's okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah I'm we're going to have to end this right now because you're getting me aggravated right. now. See? All right. I was happy to have you on the show, but then now you're throwing out some craziness. I was rolling with you. I was rolling with you on your Boston Celtics theory that they're going to win the, the championship. I was – I was – I was – I was rolling with you on the Houston Texans getting to the playoffs over the Eagles getting to the playoffs. I was rolling with you. Mm-hmm. I was cool with you to go back and forth about the Longhorns and Miami teams. I was cool. But now you you going on a whole other level and you being a little disrespectful to my Longhorns. And I just feel like yep. maybe we should just end this right now. <laughs> who's my, who's saying I got you two losing? I just said the outcome will be different. <laughs> I didn't say who's Which gonna means win. that they're going to lose. I mean, what kind of question, what kind no. of statement is that? We we won the game, the so in order for the outcome to be different, we'd have to lose. No, the outcome could be UT would blow them out this time rather than giving up a fourth. Is that what you believe? Uh, neutral site? I don't know. I think neutral site. Oklahoma. What are you talking about? It's always a neutral site. The cow, the, they I know, play I, in Dallas. You're right. See, you're you right. ain't ready. You ain't ready for this Longhorn discussion. Come on now. I don't want no long ones. Go pain. That's all. <laughs> I don't want about the ACC. I don't want no Big 12. I don't care about Living that. in Texas. Okay. About the ACC. Good luck with that. <laughs> well, Kill, <laughs> this has been a great conversation. I would definitely have you back on for sure, as long as you're respectful to my Longhorns. Um, remind people where they can listen to Real Deal with the Kill, when and where. Yeah. Real Deal with the Kill, um, iTunes, Spotify. Google Play, YouTube, um, same on Instagram, AK underscore T H E R E A L E S T. That's AK underscore You will not be disappointed. Uh, thank you for having me on your show. And once I get up and get back to these wings, I got to send my. Yeah, I still got got like four left to finish. Well, we're going to let Akil get back to his wings. And again, on IG, he is AK underscore the realist. Special thanks to my guest, Akil Williams, host of Real Deal with Akil. It's been great. It's been a very long episode tonight. Thank you guys so much for sticking around. You can listen to previous episodes of The Stone Truth on iTunes. Please subscribe to The Stone Truth. And you can also go to crystalstone.com slash the stone truth to listen to previous episodes. You can follow me on IG and Twitter at crystalstone underscore and that's crystal with an H. Thank you guys so much for listening and until next time.